Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, I'm the worst interviewer in the history of the business. I'm going to be the worst interviewer in the history of the business. He's unavailable. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> He's the worst interviewer in the history of the business. That's me. I am the worst interviewer in the history of the business. Oh, Nelly! Peter, Peter. This is Greg. Okay, there we, there we are, Greg. Let me get our uh, co-host, Dan Perkinson, here so we can get off and running here. We have got... Okay, here we are. Yes, you there? Yes, indeed. I've got you. Just give me a couple seconds here. i got to get Dan Perkinson here. And uh, right. we have our guest uh, joining us, and uh, we are going to go to Dan Perkins, who is going to join us on Skype here and uh, chat with... Myself and Greg, and uh, get a hold of us on Talk America Live each and every week. And uh, Dan, can you hear me, my friend? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Fantastic. I've got you. We've got our guest with us today, Gregory Good. Wrightstone. He's an author of Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. Wrightstone is a uh, geologist with more than 35 years of experience researching and studying various aspects of the Earth's processes now um greg tell us a little bit about your book here i know me and dan have got some questions for you but tell us first of all a little bit about the book yeah well, it's uh it's actually been doing quite well it uh, it's inconvenient facts the science that al gore doesn't want you to know uh, it was published over a year ago but unusual for a book uh, usually you get a sort of bunch in the beginning and then it just like a hyperbolic decline. Uh, in this case, we've had just increasing sales. Uh, we reached actually number one bestseller on Amazon in five categories in the last couple of months. So it's been really good. But as we've talked before, I, I didn't set out to write a book. I, I set out to seek the truth because as a geologist, I knew that some of what we were being told about climate change was incorrect. Um, and I suspected other things were. And I wanted to just dive into and look into everything research myself and and what i found frankly shocked me in terms of how much well frankly we're being lied to and just we'll talk a little bit in just a moment about the latest big lie and that's the amazon fire a rainforest that's burning down that's not uh, we'll talk a little bit about that but uh, we see things time and time again where we're told flat out well, for example, fires are increasing when the science, the facts, and the data just fly in the face of that and tell us that fires globally, North America, and even in California are declining, completely opposite of what we're being told. Uh, so they're, they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes, my eyes, and the, the people. It's really the people of the world that they're, that they're talking to. Uh, and we're, we get this. Uh, there's there's a big climate science skeptic community uh, that I'm connected with both in Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom, and uh, we stay in communication, uh, trying to share information. Uh, there's there's quite a bit of uh, methods out there to try and silence uh, people like me who are providing scientific factual data. That, that doesn't conform to this notion of, of man-made catastrophic warming. And I, I don't know if you want to just dive, we just want to dive into this uh, latest Amazon fires hoax, but we could do that right now if you like. Go right on ahead, my friend. Go right on ahead. Yeah. So uh, last week it just blew up uh, all the major news feeds, CNN, New York Times. Does anyone actually read that anymore? But uh, – but all the all the major outlets were talking about this 
the Amazon rainforest uh, was was in flames. It was the uh, the number, largest number of fires ever recorded. It's breaking records. And I looked into it, and, and as usual, my BS detector started it started blinking and then blaring. Uh, so I took a deep dive into that, and it turns out, uh, and in fact, uh, the G7 summit was just held in, in France, and Emmanuel Macron, uh, he wanted to put that, the burning of the Amazon rainforest, at the top of the agenda for the world leaders, uh, because everybody said they, they call it the lungs of the world, uh, that it provides most of the oxygen for the planet, and, and, and I looked at it, and it turns out, the the source of this record-breaking fire was the Brazilian Space Agency. Uh, on the face of it, looks like looked like pretty good data. But as I dove into it, I found that the the satellite system that was used just be used just began in 2013. So it had less than six years of data. Okay, so that's six years less than six years of data is hardly. Uh, something you should bank on for record-breaking fires. But nonetheless, they showed more. Well, it turns out this satellite system wasn't actually intended for counting fires, but rather it was an early warning system that the Brazil wanted to get ahead of any, any fires be before they raged out of control, uh, because already we've lost approximately 15% of the rainforest in South America uh, has taken... Been, been cut or timbered or uh, most of them actually were burnt. They use fire uh, to clear parts of the rainforest. A lot of this went on uh, in the 90s and the early part of the 2000s uh, before they really started clamping down on it. So we've lost about 15% of the rainforest and they take it pretty seriously now uh, in the countries that, that are part of the, of the rainforest, which would be Bolivia, uh, Peru, Brazil, and they, they take it pretty seriously. So they want to get ahead of this and put out any fires that, that might encroach on the rainforest. But this is a yearly event that happens. Uh, it happens every year. It's, it's the, it, these are fires uh, that are set in the grasslands and farmland and ranch land. Uh, they use these fires to regenerate the soil. It's a, it's a regenerative uh, thing that they do. So Starting in late July, ending in November uh, is the is the dry season when they light these fires. Uh, but don't they don't want to they don't want them raging out of control and then encroaching on the, the actual rainforest rather than the grassland. So uh, what they want to do is is get ahead of those. So the satellite system uh, that they referenced this record-breaking number was was something wasn't even supposed to count the fires, but rather just identify them. Uh, and I looked and I've got a, a commentary up on my website, which is inconvenientfacts.xyz, my blog. I've got great charts there. Uh, it turns out that NASA, probably the most uh, uh, shared image of the fires in Brazil uh, was from NASA, an image showing smoke everywhere. It looked awful. Uh, I first saw it, I said, boy, it looks bad. Uh, then I got to the NASA site. They shared the image. Most of these people had more than 2 million shares. And they share the image, but not the caption from NASA. In the caption from NASA, uh, NASA actually called and said that this year the fires were right about average, that they were, uh, let me see what they say, this year has been close to the average in comparison to the last 15 years. Doesn't sound too alarming, does it? Uh, and in fact, last week uh, I looked at that, the same page and the same caption from NASA, and last week before it really blew up into a global event, uh, NASA had actually stated that the fires in the rainforest this year were slightly below average. So I think somebody got to NASA and said, hey, boys, you know, can't you change that? Can't you dial that up a bit? You know, slightly below average. We're not going to incite fear and alarm with the population of the world with that. So they dialed it up from slightly below average to average, which was kind of funny. That's well, not funny, it's sad. Uh, so what we look here, uh, there was accompanying data that I've posted uh, concerning each yearly fire season, how many fires per year. And man, this year so far, we're just we're about halfway into it now. Uh, but it's right dead center in the middle of what the average is for 
for the for the Amazon rainforest and fire, or the Amazon and fires. Nothing unusual at all. Uh, I've also got another chart uh, from another source showing uh, the number of fires and the months that they burn. And uh, again, it's it's actually somewhat less than it's been. It looks like it's been in somewhat of a decline. So rather than the rainforest is is burning up, which is what has been most of the reports, um, we see this is a normal event that occurs every year, and it's it, it's really nothing to get worried about. So once again, we find that they're lying to us, and it's this is just another in a series of things that we've identified. Uh, you know, we we had talked here. Oh, I think it was last month about the the mass extinction hoax that was perpetrated on the on the population of the world by the UN yes. a couple of months ago. Yes. And, now, Dan, and, that, and they're just uh, Dan Perkins listening to all this. Uh, what kind of feedback or response here do you have uh, to our guest? Well, the first comment I would make is that Democrats consistently do not let the truth get in the way of a good story and they're doing yeah. it, they're doing it politically they're doing it in the environment i have written about global warming and climate change you know um if i have any criticism of the republican party is that they they don't have very good talent as it relates to words and let me give you an example. Global warming, as expounded by, by Al Gore, really didn't get any traction. So they came up with a new, a new title, something that everybody could relate to, everybody knew was happening. They tried to put it in a different context, and that was climate change. Like... Does the climate change of its own accord? Yes. But you're trying to equate that climate change is because of CO2 levels when climate change is a natural process, much like you were just talking about the changes in the Amazon forest. I have written several pieces on this, and I believe this is, this is an attempt, was an attempt, Unfortunately for the rest of the world, they didn't get away with it yet. But it was an attempt for a massive amount of wealth redistribution. And when Donald Trump pulled out of the Paris Accord, the biggest piggy bank disappeared. The rest of the world doesn't want to spend their money. They'd much rather get the money from the United States and spend the U.S. money. And so when Trump pulled out, while there was great moaning and groaning and gnashing of teeth, nobody stepped up to cover the share that the United States was going to put up because nobody else has got the money to put it up. The, the, the interesting thing is I heard this perspective today, and I, I think it's amazing one person, a Republican, I wish I could remember his name, I can't, was talking about AOC and that climate change is going to destroy the earth in 12 years. And he was having fun with her. And he said, well, then we really don't have to do anything. Because if it's going to end in 12 years, the budget deficit could go to gazillions of dollars because nobody's going to be here to pay it because there's not going to be anybody alive because they're all going to be dead in 12 years. We should change our whole lifestyle. We should live, live for the day. We don't need any savings. We're going to die in 12 years. It's all going to be over. And bury the Democrats in a corner and see how they come out of it. Now, uh, but we don't have, we don't, other than Mr. Trump, we don't have a lot of Republican leaders who seem to be willing to stand up and challenge the absurdity of the Democratic Party, and they get away with it. They get away with it when they say, when Beta O'Rourke was asked two weekends ago, if you vote for Donald Trump for 2020, are you a racist? And he said, yes. 
Mm. You're a racist. And the idea that that we 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 have all of these outlandish statements made by the the left. I mean, Cory Booker, uh, junior senator from New Jersey, he wants to have all Trump re-election rallies canceled because he believes they're a breeding ground for white supremacy. So what nobody's writing about is. They want to take away your right of assembly, which is given to you under the Constitution. You cannot assemble. So if we can't bring the Trump supporters together, maybe we can beat him that way. So, you know, it, it, AOC doesn't, underst doesn't understand. You wonder how this woman graduated from college and doesn't understand the Electoral College and why it's important for states like Rhode Island in Montana to have the Electoral College so they have a fair shot. So that, that we have this absurdity of what's coming out of the mouths of the left. Um, the, the idea that's, I heard a scientist recently, and maybe you can collaborate this, saying, wait a minute, I think you got the CO2 wrong. CO2 in the air promotes green space. It feeds the green space. And he said, taking, if we take it as much of it out of the air as they want us to take out all of it, what's going to feed the green space? And see, this is another thing. Democrats are notorious, notorious for not understanding the consequences nor caring about the consequences of their actions. Yeah, you're 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 exactly right about the. Pro I, I talk a lot about an Earth that's thriving and prospering and greening, and humanity's benefiting from that. We see that, according to NASA, James, that you know we've talked many times about the greening of the Earth. Uh, they report that up to fifty percent of the Earth is what they call greening, in other words, vegetation's increasing, while less than 4%, according to NASA, is browning or loss of vegetation, which is a tremendous trade-off that, that's great. If we have 5% thriving and less than 4% that isn't, that's, that's a great, great uh, trade-off we have right there. And we no. see this, and we see just about every, everything you look at, as we look at, if we look in the rearview mirror of history and look back, we see just improvements and record-breaking uh, crop growth, uh, cleaner air, cleaner water, longer lives, uh, life expectancy is increasing. All these things are increasing, increasing, getting better and better and better. Uh, they look in the future and see nothing but doom, despair, and demise and destruction. And and these are I'm I'm, a, I'm real optimistic and and truly believe that we're 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 in a temperature. Uh, period where, where temperature has been rising for the last 300 years in fits and starts. And, but I see great benefit from the slight rise in temperature and from the, the increase in CO2, uh, modest that it's been. We've only increased it 130 parts per million, but we're seeing tremendous benefits from increasing CO2 through uh, increased plant growth. Um, increasing CO2 means plants don't need as much water. So that leaves more soil moisture in the soil, and that's also and that's helping to uh, to dampen fire and drought. So we, we we see many benefits. And in fact, look in the back of my truck, I've got a my bumper sticker says I heart CO2. And when I when I travel around, I've got I love CO2 stickers and buttons that uh, people love. So uh, I'm a really really big proponent of of how the earth is prospering and thriving and, and humanity's really benefiting from the changes in the climate that we've seen. Do you think, uh, and let's tell the audience again, the native of your book, please. Inconvenient facts. Okay. And we have a, we have a companion smartphone app. That's a powerful, powerful tool. It's uh, it has all 60 of the inconvenient facts. You have that in the palm of your hands. Uh, we're approaching 50,000 downloads of that. Um, I imagine we'll beat a. Uh, I, I, I set a goal of 100,000 uh, uh, by October, and we might get there. But uh, it's a powerful tool that you can, if you search at the Google Play Store or App Store, 
you can get this. Uh, but I, I'd encourage it's it's I, I deal with science, facts, and data. I try and keep the politics out of it. Uh, there are another enough people talking about climate change that that bring that in. Uh, certainly, it's hard to separate po- political science from the from climate science. Uh, but I try and do that and prevent, present uh, the the inconvenient facts to the population. And then both the, both of you are just as qualified as I am uh, to try and figure out why they're lying to us. I can point out the facts that show that they are, uh, but each one of your listeners today is just as qualified as I am to come up with a reason you know, why, why they are pushing this. You know, we can talk about global control, increased taxation. Uh, we know that whatever they do, it'll be it'll lead to loss of freedoms for for just about everybody. Uh, they want to restrict our movement using private vehicles. Um, there's a whole litany of things here. One thing I've been I'm talking about uh, is uh, if, if it is such a, a, an existential threat, and we've only got 10 or 12 years, well, there's no way we can provide enough electricity to, for America just using wind and solar. That's, that's clear to any rational thinking individual. So my proposal would be I think we should dam up the, Grand, the, the uh, Colorado River at the Grand Canyon and create a large hydroelectric power facility there because um, it would provide huge amounts of, of carbon dioxide-free energy. Uh-huh. Uh, right, if it is an exit, well, yeah, it's a beautiful area, but if it is an existential threat, well, that's a small sacrifice. You know, people, everybody needs to make sacrifices. Or, or isn't it really an existential threat? Uh, you know, if you, if you, you get, you get the, the environmental extremists going, oh, well, we can't do that. Well, you just tell me we're all going to die. Well, here's, here's a great solution for a place where we can, we can get reliable, abundant electricity with no carbon dioxide emissions. Uh, but they, they have a cow when you, when you talk about things like that. So let me ask you a question. It, it, maybe it's in your fact book. I, I believe that I heard, not recently, and meaning in the last few months, but maybe a little longer than that. I heard. I thought I heard Mr. Trump respond to the withdrawal of the American out of the Paris Accord, say America has already met the long-term requirements in terms of CO2 emissions in the country. Is that true? Well, we, we've, we've already met our, the, for, for right now, the, the expectation from Paris Climate Accord, and that's mainly due to fracking uh, of the, and the horizontal combination of fracking, horizontal drilling, uh, that's leading to a huge number of, a huge amount of natural gas being freed up. And that natural gas that we're now burning is, it's the old carbon that was stripped out of the out of the atmosphere uh, through rocks. It was deposited as as muds and then lithified and turned into rocks, and it was sequestered, you know, well underground. And we're now freeing and liberating that carbon dioxide because the fact of the matter is, when our plants that we rely on right now first evolved, CO2 levels were 2,500 parts per million. Right now, we're at about a little over 400. So CO2 levels have dropped more than 2,000 parts per million, and our, the plants that we rely on, most of those evolve needing and benefiting from much higher levels of CO2, and they, they grow much better at higher levels. So we're actually in a period right now, if we look at it in the big picture, we don't have too much CO2. We don't have enough. We're actually CO2 impoverished. Um, there are other plants. Th- those are called C3 plants. Uh, later on, as CO2 levels dropped. Uh, other things, they're called C4 plants. Uh, the lower levels of CO2, these things prof, prof, uh, evolved. It's corn, maize, millet, uh, some of these crops. They don't need as much CO2 because they, they, there was a niche where we, we didn't have nearly enough CO2, and we still don't, uh, that these other plants uh, don't need quite as much CO2. So increases in CO2 for those like corn, we don't see quite the benefits of increasing CO2 as we do with, with most other crops. But in my book, I capture that laboratory studies show that a, 
a 300 part per million increase of CO2 would lead to a, a 46% average crop growth increase. That's a good thing. We can feed the hungry. We're going to grow more crops, feed the earth, and we're seeing, we're seeing that now with uh, increasing rising temperatures lead to uh, longer growing seasons, killing frost stop earlier in the spring and arrive later in the fall. Uh, we'll see expansion of, of crop lands, areas where we can grow crops uh, due to warming temperatures. And the CO2 fertilization effect means that more CO2 leads to faster uh, crop growth and, and more vigorous crop growth and tree growth and, and the rest. So when you when you look at what's going on, and you 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 said, if I heard you correctly, your book did the opposite of typically what books do. You get an upfront rush, yeah. and then it tails off. And yours is going the other way. And is it going the other way? And I guess the question is, if 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 I look at what are the campaign issues for Democrats? Climate change is has dropped down the list. It's not even in the top five. Are the American people, by and large, becoming more and more skeptical about the reality of climate change? I think so. I think that most people uh, are, are thirsty for unbiased, unfiltered information, scientific information that, that, that isn't biased to this, this uh, human-driven warming notion of apocalypse. Uh, I see it when I travel around the country. I, just recently, I've been in Wichita, South Carolina, North Carolina speaking. I'll be going off next week to St. Louis. So as I travel around, it's a good test to see who you're sitting next to on the airplanes because that's just a random person. And consistently, people are fascinated by what I have to say. Uh, I usually carry four or five books with me in my bag, and I rarely get to my hotel uh, with any left because people just they just love it. And these are just normal people. They're just desperate and, and thirsty for information, just random people all the time. I've, I've yet to really meet a random person that's in my face about it. They're out there. Maybe I just haven't run into them. But uh, I, I think that the typical person in the United States is, a, is a, a really, really skeptical. that every, when, you, when you're every day, you're confronted by some new uh, hobgoblin of alarm, as H.L. Mencken called them, uh, that I think, they, 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 yeah, I think people are wary of it. And again, there's a thirst uh, for this information that, that I'm providing. And the reason we think that the, the book is exploding, it's, it's by word of mouth. Uh, we had a guy, I've got a number of people that have bought 50, 60, 80 copies of the book just to give out to people. I had, I had a gentleman three months ago about 1,000 copies out of Galveston, Texas. He bought 1,000 copies. He said, this is an important book. He, need, I'm gonna, he had a plan he was going to distribute it to, and uh, we see this regularly, uh, people like this, and, and uh, it's, it's been part of it was part of an explosion uh, when Apple, we rolled our Apple uh, app out on the Glenn Beck show. It went down to the Mercury Studios. Uh, and Glenn Beck loves the app, and I rolled it out there. Two days later, Apple removed it from the App Store, which led to this furor. Uh, it was the lead uh, uh, subject on Drudge for about a day. Uh, led to Daily Signal had a, a lead article about uh, Apple weaponizing the App Store, and that drove a lot of other uh, huge uh, interviews with national. No, well known, not, not just James Lowe, but uh, even even some of the, even the lower lights. But you know, I was well. Very, you know, that, I've been i I've, I've been called the strangest interviewer ever. So it's uh, well, yeah, it's, it's quite the and deal. So it, was, it was really your your interview that drove the sales. <laughs> now, so, now we blew. Now, uh, now we blew, go ahead, go, go ahead, ahead, my friend, go ahead. No, go ahead, jump in there. No, no, but it's, it's, it's really been word-of-mouth sales. People just love it. Because I've, I've read a lot of books, climate change books, and so many of them are six or seven pages of text and then a black-and-white chart. You have to pay people to read that. And, and I said my goal for the book is I want something that the regular Joe or Jane can read. I didn't want to dumb it down, but I wanted something that was readable and understandable with 
clear color graphics, and that's what we've got. I, I was speaking down in Romney, West Virginia, to the Romney Tea Party, and there's this guy helping me set up before my talk, putting up the screen, and he said, oh, Mr. Wrightstone, I just loved your book, and he's got you know, the sleeves cut off on his on a, of his of his shirt looked like he crawled out from under a truck and 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 I said wow and he says this is the first book I read since high school <laughs> and I said I said wow and at that it was at that moment I said yeah I think I was successful and uh, so it's been it's been I've been uplifted by the support we've had from a bunch of people a lot a lot of people so um, is it first for truth. Thirst for truth? Yeah, is that what this is yeah. about? Yeah. But if I that's if that's true, um, we have you out there with your facts, but we have a lot of a lot of still a lot of lies, gross misrepresentations, um, deception on the part of the mainstream media and the Democratic Party. And, uh, you know, Jim can talk about it and I can talk about it, but we don't, we don't carry nearly the audience that, uh, that, the, that the other side on the left is. And how does, how does, how does, how does America find truth today? Well, I, I don't know. I, all I can do is, is do my share. And do it as well as I can, and spread the truth. Uh, I'm just uh, was on Newsmax TV last night for a half an hour interview. Uh, just uh, aired last night. Just did a podcast with the the Daily Wire, the uh, uh, ben, ben Shapiro's uh, podcast there earlier mm-hmm. today, along mm-hmm. with others. So I'm trying to get out there, but again, we're preaching to the choir here, and. Uh, I try and get out and speak wherever I can and get this information out. And I, I like the, the the smartphone app. When when we're done here, please please look at downloading it. It's you will just love it. It's so powerful because it puts peop, the information right in the palm of your hand with the information. If you're if you need to talk about polar bears, you can go to fact now. You can select fact number fifty three that shows sixty years of polar bear population history, uh, or uh, you can see 140 million years of CO2 levels and how they've declined drastically and how we nearly reached the uh, what I call the line of death, which is the minimum threshold for plant life to to uh, survive. That was at the end of the last ice age. So we're, we're, we're actually, so these things, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't know. Uh, I'm certainly trying to do my part and, and get it out there and... Uh, I'm I'm in the midst of, of writing my second book. If I stop traveling enough to do it, but uh, I'm it, it's I'm on a mission. I gave up a successful consulting career uh, to do this full time, and I want to because it's this is this is really really important to me to get this this information out there and dispel uh, bad science and bad information. And it's it, the, the biggest loss in this whole prospect. This whole whole debate is really the uh, destruction of the scientific process, uh, which is very disheartening. Right. I was thinking about um, the 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 global warming, climate change people um, had a bad weekend two weekends ago when the solar panel road in France was closed down, and England's windmills shut down and their natural gas alternative plants for electricity shut down. So it was a very ugly time in Britain uh, till they get the power back on. And, um, and, and even the president this week said that he's very concerned that wind energy could be dangerous. Yeah. What is? We have... I'm, I'm calling, talking to you from Pennsylvania here. I've got a, again, I've got a blog I wrote on it, but it was looking at, we have what's called the Pennsylvania Game Commission here. They have over a million acres of uh, mostly mountainous uh, property that they control. 
they they voted unanimously last year uh, to ban any consideration of wind turbines or any any wind turbines. And bear in mind, they have about 25 percent of what's considered to be industrial scale wind. Uh, possibilities on their property they control because they, they control these high mountain ridges and um, their their analysis uh, of it was was stark and compelling and that they said that these projects are actually detrimental to the wildlife and their their overriding concern are the safety of hunters the safety of wildlife and that it's uh, uh, they talked about the dangers uh, where we live, and I believe you're you're in Michigan, in the northern areas, uh, these these wind turbines can throw ice uh, in the winter time, a uh, hundred yards or more, and and it's dangerous. And you get you don't want hunters out there uh, with high voltage electricity running every which way uh, underground. Uh, it's 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 bad, and and we also see that the although the the bird numbers that are killed can be significant. Of course, they pale in comparison to birds or to cat kills. But if your cat, if your cat can bring down, can kill a, a golden eagle, I think I'd keep my kids away from that cat uh, huh? if I were you. You know, because uh, those are the birds that are being killed: the uh, the predators, the, the hawks, the eagles, uh, the endangered uh, species that are being killed by wind turbines. I uh, was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to do a brief consulting uh, circuit with a company developing uh, uh, technology to reduce the amount of CO2 emissions from uh, coal and coal-fired plants. And uh, I had an opportunity to be in Washington and I had a lunch with a lobbyist. And he was a lobbyist for several different organizations and he was introduced to me by a friend of mine and I told him what we're trying to do and he said what you need is a different champion and so I said well, what, what do you mean he said you can talk about what you want to do all you want but you need somebody else to talk about what you want to do who has credibility and he said mm -hmm. so you need, you, you need a partner and he, he told us that the ideal partner for you would be the Audubon Society. Mm. Because he said the Audubon Society uh, is very much opposed to wind power and, and, and um, the uh, solar panels because of the huge kill uh, from those two te technologies to birds. The birds fly into the winds and get slaughtered. And he said to me, if you want to get a sense, take a map of where all the windmills are at the moment and take, a, take another map and overlay that with the flyways for transitory and migratory birds. And you're going to find a great number of the flyways are exactly where they're putting the windmills. Yeah. And, and he said... Uh, there's a, I, I, I think it's now closed, but there was a power plant, a solar power plant in South, uh, Southern California that was based on a circle. And they had all these mirrors reflecting to yep. a tower. Yeah, that's, yeah. And that the birds would fly through to get, to get cross, and they would be literally fried alive from the reflection from the mirrors as they were going through, killing hundreds of thousands of birds. Um, I think that that's been closed, but I'm I'm not quite sure. No, it's it's still it's that's the I, Ivan Paul Solar Electric Facility. Yeah, yeah they killed that particular facility killed almost 6,200 birds in 2015, and uh, most of those were burned up in the solar flux. Mm -hmm. And there's I've got, in fact I have a, a video uh, that I I posted on LinkedIn that you can see these birds just as they're going into it they just they disappear in a puff of smoke. Um, yeah. They're they totally made the ultimate cynical. sacrifice for, for. They made the ultimate sacrifice for clean energy, <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. And, so, yeah. so anybody that's listening, I mean, I've got a Facebook page. Uh, I post a lot. Uh, if anyone's on LinkedIn, I'm. Uh, I've got a huge following there. Um, 
and, and I post. You can go to the website too to get. I've got some interesting videos that I've got listed there. Uh, one in particular you, you don't want to miss is uh, I talk about the relationship between the witch hunts of the late Middle Ages. And James, I think we talked about that during one of the other shows, but the, the witch hunts of the late Middle Ages, thirty to 40,000 supposed witches were killed, burned at the stake mostly, and the relationship between those witch hunts and then climate change. Just a really, really strong correlation of as the climate got colder, crops failed, and they blamed it on weather-causing witches. And mm. uh, so there, it just... It's kind of fun. Well, it wasn't funny if you were weather, if you were a, a young lady with flames licking around your ankles, but uh, yeah. but a strong relationship between, and that's what we see when we look throughout history. This uh, strong relationship between the rise and fall of temperature and the rise and fall of civilizations, and it's just yeah. opposite of what we're being told. Did you say you have a website? Uh, inconvenientfacts.xyz. And you can see my blog, the latest blog, is the one on the, the Amazon burning. And uh, uh, there's uh, some other interesting ones there that I've got recently. I, I usually write on topical uh, issues. and uh, But, again, the, the top one that comes up right there is the uh, Amazon rainforest. Another interesting one that I wrote last week was on the El Paso shooter and his radical environmentalist opinions that, that didn't get much play at all in the mainstream media, but he held uh, tremendously uh, radical environmentalist ideas that really drove uh, the El Paso shooting. He wanted he, he believed he believed we were, the Earth was going in the tank because of overpopulation, and he was going to start with killing the immigrants. And uh, yeah, it's I'll just in fact if it's hard, I'll just read a couple sentences. He says. Uh, Y'all are just too stubborn to change. This is from his manifesto. Y'all are just too stubborn to change your lifestyle. So the next logical step is to decrease the number of people in America. If we can get rid of enough people, then our way of life can become more sustainable. This is the El Pat with the El Paso shooter wrote. So he was really driven. Uh, he was a white supremacist, no doubt. It permeates the whole manifesto. But but underlying this whole thing is this idea of of overpopulation. And these people are people like Al Gore and Bill Nye, the non-science guy, and others are 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 poisoning and they're they're radicalizing uh, this leftist environmental wacko element. Well, the reality is that uh, if you look at what's happening, the the native population of the United States is declining. The birth rates are the lowest they've ever been. We're not even we're not even bearing enough children to replace what we have. It's only because we've brought in so many immigrants, and a lot of it being illegal, that the population has been somewhat stable. But the the native, and I don't mean Indians. I mean the yep. naturalized citizens, whether born here or come here illegally, are not sufficient enough to uh, replace. Uh, the the diminished number of babies being born, and um, so I I guess I I want to know from you uh, in the little bit of time we have left. Why did this thing bite so favorably in the beginning? Um, I mean, wh why how, why is it taken off so much, or why is it? No, 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 no. Well, I'm talking about I'm talking about climate change and global warming. Why did that idea somewhat catch on? And it's been around for a long time. And there are prognostications that were made decades ago of what should have happened that haven't happened. And, um, but why were we so gullible to want to believe it and adopt it in the United States? Hmm. Well, I think I think it goes th th again. That goes back to uh, controlling people. Uh, I'm not sure why we were. Well, I think the population, the media is dri driving this, and that's all we hear is this, the one side of it. Uh, people, I can't blame a lot of people for at least partially buying into it. But why is it being done? Uh, 
I, I open my book up with a quote from H.L. Mencken where he, he talks about these imaginary hobgoblins of alarm that governments and institutions need to create in order to frighten the population into accepting otherwise onerous and painful things like the, the Green New Deal or the Paris Climate Accord. Because uh, why in the world would anyone, why would the United States accept uh, things that would be economically crippling to our country, be expensive for every citizen, would lead to a loss of freedoms? Uh, why would we do it? The only reason we would do it is if we're scared to death, that we think we're on the edge of this precipice uh, and we're going to take another step off of it into this abyss of climate apocalypse events one right after the other unless we quit using fossil fuels. Uh, so they need to create fear and alarm, and they're doing it very well. Uh, what we can do is fight back uh, as, as hard as possible on this and expose them when they're lying. Uh, and that's, that's been my goal here. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I answered your question, but mm -hmm. I rambled on for a bit. Well, it seems to me that, that you answered part of the question. The other part I was hoping you would speak about, and I'll let you, because I'll throw it out to you, um, we have to change the education system in this country. Because I believe that the education has, system has been corrupted to the green agenda for decades. And that's yep. why we have so many people who th were thinking that climate change was such a bad thing and that uh, we're destroying the world and we have to do something. And I, I just find uh, that, that until you begin to go back and look at a lot of the problems that we have at a nation have uh, emanated out of our educational system because of the influence, and the bias of the, the far left liberals who are, who are not filling our children's heads with, with the right stuff, but what they think is the right stuff. Yeah, that's that. You, you've uh, you've hit the nail on the head. It's that's a problem, and I'm. It, it's not an easy solution to fix. They they're in control uh, from the universities to, to to all the schools. They're they're training the teachers into this, and and I. But you're preaching to the choir. I'm. I was the. Uh, I was a co-founder of the Pennsylvanians Against Common Core. Uh, we led the fight here in the Keystone State uh, with. Uh, actually, got. Uh, laws passed, but but Common Core went forward anyhow. You know, it was something that was gonna was gonna happen. It's it's permeated the school system, and that's just part of the problem. Uh, but but uh, if we're gonna change, if we're gonna change our society for the good, we have to start by changing the current generation coming into our education system. That means we have to change because if we don't change the education system. And what's being said and how it's being said and the bias that's in there, we're never effectively going to be able to change the country. Mm -hmm. I believe. And, and that, that goes for elementary school and, and high schools and colleges and universities. It is, a, it is permeated by the left. And I, I really believe that no matter how much Mr. Trump wins by, and I believe he will, Probably win by a lot more than people are willing to say. So today, knock wood, uh, knock wood. <laughs> well, um, that's a different subject matter. But but um, but I, I think that uh, what your book is doing is created an outlet for people to question what they've been hearing from the left, and the left doesn't like the fact that what you have to say doesn't fit their agenda. So they have to discredit, discredit you as whenever they can. Well, we're, we're trying to, to make that push. And as I find most geologists are, believe as I do. I've spoken to many geologic organizations, and every time I speak, it's, we have a, there is a consensus. They're all in agreement with me. Because we, we as geologists look at the bigger picture rather than just the last... Uh, decades or hundreds of years, we look at, we put it into that big long-term perspective and know that uh, what, what we're seeing today is just nothing more than uh, natural cycles. And, and I'm, I don't dispute that increasing CO2 has a warming effect on the atmosphere. I, I believe it does. I just think it's very modest. 
and, and overwhelmed by those same natural forces that have been driving a temperature since the dawn of time. Those things, those forces didn't suddenly stop in the middle of the 20th century. That's what Al Gore and his ilk want you to believe. They need you to believe that our temperatures today are unusual and unprecedented, when in fact they're not. They, they need you to believe that the temperatures today are, are warmer than they've been in 2,000 years, and they're not. We know that by, and, and that's what I'm doing now is diving back into the historical records. Uh, we know that, for example, during the time of Christ, the Romans were growing citrus in the north of England near Hadrian's Wall. Um, they were growing a crop called millet uh, in Scandinavia. Well, you can't, the only place you can grow millet today is in tropical or subtropical uh, uh, climates. And, and, I mean, for crying out loud, there's, there's still Vikings buried deeply in permafrost. All those things people understand when you talk about that. Uh, I like to use things like that rather than uh, the uh, technical data from ice cores that are looking at carbon isotopes and things like that. People don't quite understand that, but they do understand Romans growing citrus in England. They, they say, yeah, okay, well, it had to have been warmer. And I, so I think those things are, are very effective. Okay. And and thank you so much for for having me on uh, for an extended period here. And yes, uh, we uh, we definitely and enjoyed this conversation. Before we uh, let everyone go here, Dan, bring us up to speed on your books and the nonprofit and everything else. Well, the nonprofit. I think I mentioned to you last week. We've been invited to participate in the. Uh, in the president's task force on veteran suicide, uh, which we're uh, we're really proud of that because it says that the Veterans Administration has finally recognized the contribution that thousands of Americans have given money to us to help save the lives of our veterans who are out there trying to defend the country and, and paid a high price and, and need additional help. A um, couple of things that are that are. Uh, important is is that we we have to think seriously about this huge bulge that's coming into the VA and that's the Vietnam War the late 60s early 70 year olds who are now depending more and more on the VA system and it's it's a big problem uh, do we have enough resources we we're closing private hospitals in public hospitals. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.